Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. The big news this week, as it has been for a few months now, is the inflation prints. And just yesterday on Wednesday, it came in at 6.9%. That was actually unchanged from the month before, but it beat expectations. So it came across as kind of positive news. Um, In this episode, we are going to discuss how this inflation print is going to affect housing prices and the market overall even further, and you will definitely be surprised by Vancouver's outlook. Welcome back, everyone. Got to say first off the top here that understandably navigating the Vancouver real estate market can be tricky in the best of times, and yet lately things are moving faster than they ever have. And so working with a professional is definitely key. For example, last week, we sold a home in just one day over asking price in what is largely a balanced market. How did we do it? Well, I'd love to show you. Over the last couple of years, we've been developing and improving our seller's guide. And if you're thinking about selling and want to understand the experience that we give our clients, just type below seller's guide in the comments and I will absolutely send you your free copy. And if you're new to buying or want to, again, know what our buyer experience is like and why our buyers have the most success and always give us five-star reviews, type in buyer's guide below. I'd love to send you a copy of our buyer's guide to show you our process, what it costs, and what you can expect. Okay, into the numbers. Here we go. So inflation, like mentioned, came in at 6.9%, steady from the previous month, steady from September's number, but of course, beat expectations. It was actually widely believed that inflation was going to increase for the first time in four or five months here. It didn't, it stayed flat, but again, some of the key takeaways here are, of course, that the inflation where it stands today is being driven by groceries which looked to be up about 11% from this time last year. I know I'm feeling it at the grocery store. You likely are too. Hard to walk out of most grocery stores with one bag costing under a hundred bucks. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal up there. And of course, fuel, it really is. And of course, um, fuel is, is probably the other big uh, hot topic here when it comes to the inflated prices sitting around 18% higher than this time last year. Again, anytime you leave your house in your vehicle, it's hard not to look at the prices and, and see where gas is sitting. And shockingly, though, just to break that fuel number down, just one sec, natural gas, 37% is what it's up by. So you're heating your home is going to be extra expensive this year. Just FYI. And a good point, like we should be exporting the crap out of natural gas right now. A a bit shocking that we have that much, that many resources in that space, Mm -hmm. especially up in northern BC. And we're not exporting it to the degree to the degree that we technically could. But again, that might be for a different podcast. (laughs) As high as our inflation is, it is interesting to note that we are actually the second lowest inflation rate of all the G7. So lesser of two evils or seven evils, maybe. I'm not too sure. But either way, (laughs) nice to have reference to know sort of where we sit against the other countries. Now, with that print... Um, And knowing that there is going to be another rate announcement coming up on December the 7th, it's the last one of 2022, and it all but guarantees that we're going to see a hike. And now again, it just comes down to how much, 0.25, 
maybe 0.5, half a point here. Either way, um, the predictions are coming out. BMO, for example, predicts that there's going to be a total of about another 0.75% hikes before we see it top out. That's likely not going to happen in the next one. Maybe it'll take two, maybe even three announcements before they hit that 0.75. But BMO, Bank of Montreal, firmly believes that's how many more or how much more interest rate hikes you can expect before it tops out. And they probably let it sit for a while and uh, beat down on inflation over time. Mm-hmm. We did see uh, hourly wages increase um, recently as well. At least that number came out at, at 5.6%. But of course, you put that against inflation at 6.9% and you've got a real wage growth or negative growth rather of, of course, 1.3%. So that is making things even more unaffordable. What will happen then with your mortgages, whether you're holding variable or you're thinking about getting into one? Based on this next hike that's going to happen on the 7th, whether it's 2.5 or 0.5, we're going to see variable in and around the 6% mark now. And keep in mind, we were basically at 1% at the beginning of this year. And if you're looking to to buy and think, look, I believe that prices are going to go down in the new year at some point, and you want to go maybe just hold for one year or even two-year fix before you refinance into something that ideally is at a lower percentage rate, one to two-year fix right now is also north of 6%. It's like potential short-term pain, but yeah, on the other side of that, uh, it may be lower by the end of 2023 and 24. That's like you know, five and a half X from where we were at the start of the year. Just that acceleration is just immense. And anyhow, so wonder is taking steam out of the economy, um, but not as much as we thought or had hoped. Anyhow, guys, um, Guys, as Dan already mentioned, uh, we are with eXp Realty and we create these videos every single week to give you guys all the education you need about the Vancouver real estate market. And if you'd like to get in touch with us to learn more about different communities or anything related to the Vancouver market, our contact info is right below. Um, And you can book uh, a direct meeting with us on our Canonly link. Please make sure you subscribe Guys, hit the bell, hit the like so you don't miss another video and so you have the, your finger on the pulse for what's happening here in Vancouver. All right, so Dan and I were um, lucky enough to be a part of uh, BMO's, um, basically their forecasting for the end of the year and where they're going into or where we're going into in terms of Q1 2023. Uh, and we heard from Doug Porter, their chief economist. So... Uh, here's uh, just a kind of a, an overview of what sort of uh, they're predicting. Uh, by the end of 2022 here, Canada's GDP is expected to grow by a total of 3.2%. And BC specifically will end the year just shy of that. Uh, this is fairly robust, historically speaking. Uh, however, where it gets kind of terrifying is next year, BMO has forecasted Canada's GDP growth to be near 0%. <laughs> and BC's economy is likely going to contract by 025 to 0.5%. Again, these are, predict- these are predictions, and a lot has to take place in order for this to happen. Um, there's a lot of variables, right? So knowing if this is actually going to take place, we'll see. A lot of it depends on what happens with geopolitical uh, narratives that are currently taking place, right? Um, 
With that said, where do where does BMO see interest rates uh, landing? Well, Dan kind of touched on it between 25 and 50 basis points, and a 50-50 chance of what the Bank of Canada will do the next uh, the next hike. Um, and then as we kind of progress into Q1 of next year, uh, BMO has a position that they're going that they're taking of maybe one, maybe two more hikes. They will be minimal, and then they're going to likely hold and see how it plays out throughout the rest of the year. Whether they actually cut rates in 2023, Dan, I think that's up for discussion. Uh, and then again, we'll see how things play out. But I can tell you it's getting louder and louder and louder. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Canadian inflation rates for 2023 likely, uh, according again to BMO, will likely average somewhere around the 4.7%. Uh, and BC will feel it a little bit more, but they're projecting around 4.9%. Uh, with that said, the unemployment rates will continue to maintain. There is a massive, massive labor shortage for all available jobs. Um, and the projections estimate that unemployment will run somewhere around 5.9% as we move into 2023. All important stuff and interesting predictions for sure. Mm -hmm. Let's have a quick look here then. National prices as uh, Korea announced the October numbers just this week as well, where we saw national home prices drop 1.2% across the country bringing us now to a total of minus 15% off of the peak seen earlier this year, back in February, March. Again, this is the largest decrease we've seen since that data was recorded back in 2005. What's going to happen for November and December? We may see around half a point to a full percentage each month, ending the year at about 16 or 17% off of the peak. Of course, let's look locally here. Whereas GVRD is still holding strong. We're now halfway through here, uh, November. And of course, we've got all that data in front of us. We're sitting now at five months of prices basically going flat. Mm -hmm. We saw, of course, that immediate 10% drop in March and April. And then since then, or all the way to May, rather, three months of declines. And since June, it's gone completely sideways. They haven't moved. In fact, median is higher than it was in June, and average prices are sitting just below. Both of those are sitting at about 8% off of the peak. So HPI right now for this area is 10. Nationally, we're at 15. And just to, again, reference what's going on in Toronto, by comparison, their median is down 25% compared to GBRDs at Eight, so wow. quite a different market. Again, we we harp on how resilient this area is, but again, when when the data speaks to it time and time again, cycle after cycle after cycle, the fact that we are flat price wise for five months is really quite astonishing. Again, when you compare it to what's happening across the rest of the country, so much of that too, Dan, has got to be based on inventory too, right? I mean, we know the inventory numbers in Toronto are up significantly, uh, but I think what's also you know, when you look at affordability has been roughly cut by 25%, is it really any surprise that we're seeing prices come off by about that number in major metros? It's, you know, it correlates in many ways. However, Vancouver just seems to buck those trends. <laughs> um, anyhow, Dan, I know you love your, your prices. So, uh, and speaking nationally here, uh, we, I, I want to kind of play a little game here. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to name out, uh, 
call it six, six towns, six cities, major metros across bank or across Canada here. And I want you to guess what their average price point is going to be. Um, average talk- or is this HPI? Or HPI, sorry, HPI, HPI. Okay. yeah, okay. across across the board here. So let's start with our uh, our neighbors uh, over here in Alberta. Uh, we talk about it uh, quite often here. So, what do you think the HPI price is in Edmonton? Well, I've got a couple properties in the Edmonton area, so I do pay attention to it. Gosh, last time I looked, I think they were sitting at four hundred. It's a great guess. 381, 381,000. Uh, okay. Well, let's go to the, a little bit bigger Metro. Let's go to Calgary. Where do you think Calgary's sitting? Calgary is definitely outperforming. It's doing well. Uh, even in comparison to Edmonton, it's a strong province for sure right now. I think, is it 20% more? Is it, is it 500? Sure. Let's, let's yeah, get 500. You're getting, you're getting pretty close here. We're 509, 509. Uh, okay. Again, go to a bigger Metro. Let's talk Montreal, East Coast. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, up in some time. I feel like houses are expensive there. I think it's like 700. No, no, actually much better. 584,000. Okay. So interesting, uh, interesting correction there. Uh, Ottawa. We know Ottawa has taken a hammering uh, since the rate hike cycle. So what do you think the HPI price is now in Ottawa? Doubling down, 700 as well. No, unfortunately <laughs> not. It is 624,000. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. You probably will know this because we talk about it a lot. What about Toronto here? Yeah. Yeah. We just, we just talked about Toronto. It was just under one, one, if I remember correctly. You're not far. Yeah. Toronto is 1,089,000. So great guess. Vancouver, you should know this. <laughs> <laughs> I should. Where do we I think? think uh, yeah, yeah. We just talked about this one. Uh, one one five is, is basically where Vancouver's yeah, at. You're bang on there. Yeah, one one four eight to be exact. And then we draw the Canadian average. Where do you think the Canadian average for your uh, HPI is right now? Yeah, this was mentioned at BMO as well. Is six sixty? No, six fifty. Very close. Six forty four. Another right. reason why I don't really doubt Dan when he comes up with his numbers. And in <laughs> all honesty, actually, you, you know, if we go back a little bit here, you did predict uh, about a 15% drop by the end of the year. And uh, we're not far off those numbers. Yeah, yeah. I still think, too, I mean, <laughs> my predictions, you know, move with the data, of course. But I still think Vancouver is going to see HPI drop off further. Not this month. We're at minus 10 now. It's going to go basically the same for next month, though. I, I think, again, we're, as much as it's holding strong for five months here, I think it's days of holding the line are, are, are numbered. I think it's going to go down a bit more in the new year. I agree. But this will largely be dependent on inventory. And so I want to touch on that as usual, because still inventory is the story. We have been sitting very close to in and around that 10,000 active units here in GVRD since May. It's just not wow. moving. Wow. And it's, it's literally one of the key reasons that prices are stable. Ryan, you know, you were out on a tour yesterday and your clients are itching to spend money and there's yep. just nothing that most people find attractive on the market these days. It's the biggest problem. It's, it's almost a bigger problem, Dan, than financing, at least here. It definitely, of course, and, and you know, and 
the, we talked about this a number of times, but there's no panic selling. No. And I think a big reason for that too, of course, is that so many people own their homes outright here. I mean, if you want to play a guessing game, Ryan, how many, what's the percentage of homes in GBRD that are mortgage free? They're paid Ooh. outright. 50%. Wow. Oh, you're generous. <laughs> it is high. It is 41%. Wow. Four in 10 homes have no mortgage on them. Wow. That is a lot. That's a lot. It is a lot. That's it's, a it's definitely amount. on the higher percentile for, for national. It, it's probably in the top 10, 15% nationally, as far as, you know, major metros that have paid off homes. Hmm. And, and again, so you look at the flip side of that. I mean, court ordered sales. Where are all of those? <laughs> well, we're at 20 year low right now for court ordered sales. And keep in mind, court ordered sales. If you're looking for these deals, quote unquote, they take a long time to come to market. So people are now just having troubles with other payments. We're seeing credit card delinquencies and whatnot starting to increase. And those are the first to go, understandably. Mortgages are the last payment that you won't make, essentially. You need a roof over your head. And as yeah. again, and as we know, you don't pay your mortgage and you want to go rent. Well, rents are all-time high and you're competing there. It's not an ideal situation. So people are very good at holding onto their homes, big borrowing and stealing ways to pay for that mortgage. But yeah. when they don't, and it takes three months of delinquencies before the banks even start reaching out, then it maybe hits six months before they get the court orders involved here. And then they have to work on getting it listed, and then it has to go up for sale, and then it actually has to sell. You're looking at about a 12-month process on average. And so we're not even seeing the mortgage, like we're not even that in that real first one to three month phase when these payments are being missed. So if you're expecting to see an increase in court ordered sales, you have to be looking at least 12 months out from today. So the hmm. end of 2023 is when you may, might see an increase there. But again, we also might see rates come down by then and payments yeah. are more accessible. Interesting. I wonder too, Dan, of that, of that mortgage percentage, how much of that is, is a big mortgage or an unaffordable mortgage comparatively speaking too? You know, because there's going to be some mortgages out there that are going to be pretty small. Uh, you know, at least that's my experience with it, too. That's a great um, point. Yeah. Like a, a $10,000 balance on your mortgage is considered part of that 59%. Of that's course. right. That's so, right. Yeah. Yes. That would be a great number. I, I, uh, I want to find that one. I'll try to dig it up for, yeah. for a later episode. So, um, another crazy stat, uh, that BMO, uh, came out with in their, um, in their presentation was, um, a look at peak deviation. So if you, uh, if you, the way peak deviation works. So if you look at long-term pricing trend curve, right from the 1980s to where we are today, uh, it has a nice smooth average that kind of runs from the left side and runs right and goes up, right? Very predictable. However, <laughs> when you factor in the last two years of price growth and you lay that over top of that line, it shows you just how out of whack things got in the last two years. So I'm just going to go over some of the major provinces here uh, because the numbers are quite fascinating. So BC deviated above the long-term trend by, by plus 21%, 21.5%. So a very, very strong market. Obviously, if uh, when you look at it long-term, it would be considered overinflated by that amount. Uh, generally speaking, I don't think we're going to correct by that amount. So um, say what you will. Alberta 
negative 5%. So it's still considered um, below the long-term pricing trends. So good value in, in Alberta, as we've talked about. Saskatchewan, same kind of deal, negative 3.5%. Manitoba, plus 12%. Okay, now we're, we're going to get into Ontario and hold on to your seat here because Ontario was 55.4% is what it swung by. GTA was 41.2% and Cottage Country saw, we know, rec properties have taken a huge hit. And when they went up in value, um, when the pandemic first hit, they blew by by about 63% over the long-term pricing averages. Crazy. Quebec was 32%. Atlantic Canada was 35 So no wonder everybody felt that affordability crunch. And it's also no wonder why we're seeing uh, a crazy interest rate hike cycle taking place. Big, big numbers. And, and an interesting story too about those rec properties because literally just before this conversation here, I had a, a client message me and he's got his eyes on Big White. And he's just like, check out this one, check out this one. And there's just six figure price reductions happening all over that area right now. Wow. Because again, you can't go up 60% and not expect it to yeah. swing back the other way to some degree. So yeah. those are well off of their peaks. Especially in that two year period too. You know, that's where it's, it's gnarly. So, and of course, uh, an industry that may be affected by the foreign buyer ban. That's coming mm. in, in six weeks. That still hasn't Ooh. been properly defined. Um, <laughs> we also believe that recreational properties may be exempt, but hey, nobody knows yet. So we will keep you up to date on that as soon as that information is actually hot off the presses. Again, we do touch on immigration because it is such a huge factor in what's going to be happening moving forward here with housing and housing prices. As we know, we're sitting on upwards of 485,000 PRs or immigrants into the country in the last four quarters alone. This is essentially the largest influx we've seen post-war era. And of that, BC is attractive and it gets a, a almost 20% of that, almost 25% with about 100,000 people coming into our lovely province. Good chunk of those two, of course, is intermigration interprovincial migration, excuse me. So mm -hmm. people that maybe are leaving Ontario, Alberta, any of the provinces really to come to greener pastures. Ha ha. Uh, <laughs> we're seeing about 20 to 30,000 annually just from yeah. within other provinces in Canada. Of course, what do we have now? Millennials. What's the average age there? Like 32. Mm -hmm. They're actually the largest growing demo, of course. So yeah. we, you can expect what type of house are millennials after? Well, they're typically growing families. Mm -hmm. So these are people that are moving out of those one, two bed condos and looking for your three bed mover uppers kind of thing. Yeah. We definitely yeah, think, saw that. What's that? They're going to, I think they're going to drive a lot of the housing market for the next, uh, outside of, outside of immigration. They're going to be the biggest drivers for, for move ups and, uh, you know, activity in the marketplace. Generally I speaking. Think, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, look at the last two years where basically it was like the, the sort of townhouse half duplex market was the hottest for about the last 24 months, you know, excuse me, prior to the peak. And, and that's the reason, you know, people were moving up into that property, detached, largely unaffordable, but this is perfect or quite suited for growing families. Mm -hmm. And uh, interestingly, we, we know Canada is outgrowing uh, our, our, our neighbors to the south here by a pretty extreme amount. And when you look at that relation of new people to new houses being built, it really, really stands out. So here's some numbers for you. In Canada, for every one new house being built, 
3.5 people are coming into the country. Oh, and you can, yeah, exactly. And you compare <laughs> that to the States where for every new house that's being built, 0.6 new people are coming into the country. Wow. So every single metric just points to the amount of lack of housing that we've had. It's continuing to be a story. We're still experiencing it here in GBRD. We're definitely experiencing it nationwide. And on the other side of inflation will be another housing crisis. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. You know, it's also very interesting, Dan. Uh, I just want to touch a little bit on the federal budget um, and how inflation hasn't been all bad for that. Um, Okay, so pre-pandemic, when you look at the federal budget, we were about negative $50 billion in debt. It seems like a big number until COVID hit. And we injected uh, arguably $300 billion into the economy in two short years. I tend to believe there might be a little bit more in the economy than that. But uh, the numbers that we have here uh, put the... Um, federal budget in the middle of the pandemic at negative $350 billion, right? Uh, Inflation then kicked in and inflation ended up being uh, a very helpful hand for the federal government because everyone started getting paid more. Everyone was buying more property. They were using those dollars. And if you can believe this, by the end of 2022, we will be back at negative 50 billion in terms of the revenue that the Canadian government has made this year. Crazy. Yeah, I, I think that's sounds like an unattainable target, but hey, that's what it's saying. <laughs> yeah, they they're the ones writing down the numbers here. I well, think they're going to be missing all that revenue from uh, housing. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah, and we'll see where 2023 goes, but, uh, and the Liberal government has a tendency to spend more than they take in, so (laughs) we'll see where it goes from here. Okay, well, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you so much, as always, for watching and listening. If you made it this far, we really appreciate it. Again, quick reminder, if you want to know about the buyer or seller experience, just write Buyer's Guide or Seller's Guide below, and we can't wait to help you further. We will see you next week. Bye. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.